Turn with me, please, in your Bibles to uh, Psalm chapter 90. Psalm 90, excuse me, why I keep saying that. Psalm 90, chapter 90. I'll reread the psalm uh, to remind you of its... um, what we covered this morning. This is the word of the Lord. It has everything that you and I need for uh, spiritual life and for godly uh, living. So let's listen carefully uh, to it now. Starting uh, at the very beginning of Psalm 90. A prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were born, Or thou didst give birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Thou dost turn man back into dust, and dost say, Return, O children of men. For a thousand years in thy sight are like yesterday when it passes by, or as a watch in the night. Thou hast swept them away like a flood, they fall asleep. In the morning they are like grass which sprouts anew. In the morning it flourishes and sprouts anew. Toward evening it fades and withers away. For we have been consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath we have been dismayed. Thou hast placed our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the sight, in the light of thy presence. For all our days have declined in thy fury. We have finished our years like a sigh. As for the days of our life, they contained 70 years, or if due to strength, 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow. For soon it is gone, and we fly away. Who understands the power of thine anger and thy fury according to the fear that is due thee? So teach us to number our days, that we may present to thee a heart of wisdom. Do return, O Lord, how long will it be? And be sorry for thy servants. O satisfy us in the morning with thy loving kindness, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days thou hast afflicted us and the years we have seen evil. Let thy work appear to thy servants and thy majesty to their children. And let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us. And do confirm for us the work of our hands. Yes, confirm the work of our hands. Amen. Pray with me. Oh Lord, we rejoice that that you are a God who attends to our needs. You tend to our physical needs. You tend to our emotional needs. And you tend to our spiritual needs. And we are grateful uh, that you do this because you love us. Um, 
And we thank you that this is a time when you feed us spiritually in ways that are unique in, in a given week. Uh, this is a special thing that happens on Sunday when your word is uh, preached. And so we ask that you would feed our souls afresh, that you would uh, remind us of uh, how to live in light of the grace that you, the magnificent grace that you have shown us in Jesus, that we might um, present to you a heart of wisdom uh, at the end of our days. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. This morning I reminded uh, the children, and uh, you children uh, remember this, that uh, I made the, gave you the example of how brief uh, our breath that we see in the wintertime when we breathe outside is. Um, you can see it for just about a second, maybe half a second. Uh, you can see your breath, and then it just vanishes away and it's gone. And there's no longer any evidence uh, that you had breathed that breath there in front of you. And I mentioned this morning, and want to remind you of that, that uh, this is uh, kind of a, an example. In fact, it's a biblical example, and James, uh, James says something very similar to this, that our lives as human beings, as sinners, living in a sin-cursed world, that we uh, are, have a very, very brief life. Our life is very short. You might think to yourself, I've got my whole life ahead of me. I'm only five, four, five, six years old. But the fact is, yes, you do, but the Lord could take your life just like he could take mine tomorrow. We don't know. Uh, and even if we live 90 years, it's in, in comparison to uh, other things, our life is very, very short. It is very, very short. Uh, again, quoting from James, uh, you are just a vapor, God tells us through, uh, through the apostle. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. And so that is what our lives are like in this world. And the reason our lives are fleeting, the reason why death catches up to us, uh, is because of sin. Is because of sin. Uh, that, uh, that our first, uh, our forefather, uh, who represented us, represented us in the garden, that is Adam, uh, uh, in his sin, we all sinned, uh, and that sin was credited to every is credited to every one of us when we are conceived. And as a result of that uh, sin, that uh, that sinful nature that is we receive, we sin over the course of our whole life. And sin separates us from a holy God. And uh, God, because He is holy, can't stand the sight of rebellion, which is what sin is. It's sinning against His law, His will. And uh, all men, mankind, we're all sinners. And as a result of this sin of humanity, God brought a curse on the world. Uh, we read about it in Genesis chapter 3, just after the fall. And that curse is still on the world. It is why there is suffering. It is why there is disease. It is why there is death and why there is, are tears and sadness. Um, and... Even as Christians, even as Christians, we still experience the effects of that, um, of that curse. And that curse 
Part of the effects of that are the fact that we all die physically unless Jesus returns to get us uh, before, uh, before our physical death. We, our bodies die. Our soul does not. If we are a Christian, we go to heaven, but our body does. And so we still are feeling the effects there. And we also experience, in a, it's really not God's wrath directly. Um, uh, Moses is speaking here when he speaks about God's wrath being on he, uh, people. He's, it's more generally speaking humanity that he has in mind. Uh, Buddy and I were talking about this, uh, this this afternoon, but but yet there are, uh, as I mentioned this morning, there are echoes of God's wrath that even the believer still experiences, um, uh, after effects, if you will, or echoes, uh, and we don't we're not immune from that because just because God has forgiven us, just because we are heaven bound, and our lives are so brief in this world, so. This uh, psalm is uh, largely about the brevity of life uh, and what we need to do in light of its brevity, in light of living in a sin-cursed world with the difficulties that that entails. We need to uh, take certain steps that are, uh, that are suggested, I say suggested, that are given to us here by God through Moses in this psalm. So we saw this morning that as those who live whose lives, rather, are but a vapor, we first of all, we need to make the Lord our dwelling place with all that that entails. Uh, We have to, first of all, trust in the Lord, uh, the Lord being uh, the great I Am, the eternal God who is from everlasting to everlasting, who is also uh, Jesus. Uh, uh, All three persons of the Godhead, including God the Son. And we are to... Make uh, God our refuge, our dwelling place, by putting our trust in him alone to save us from the, the hell that our sins deserve, the wrath of God that our sins deserve. And then, once we are believers, to uh, actively and deliberately abide in Christ and in God uh, by uh, having him and seeking to make him our constant companion and being mindful of his presence uh, uh, throughout our day, seeking his help. Uh, looking to him for the protection that we need, for the shelter that we need uh, in the difficulties that come our way uh, because we live in a sin-cursed world. And so we need to make the Lord our dwelling place uh, and hide ourselves, as it were, in him by hiding ourselves in Christ. Um, We talked about that and looked at that this morning. But there are two other things, uh, points that uh, I want to... uh, uh, bring out from this uh, psalm that are, are commended to us as uh, as uh, action points, if you will, in light of the, the brevity of our life in a sin-cursed world. And that is, thirdly, or secondly rather, as those whose lives are but a vapor, we need to make every single day count. We need to make every single day that God gives us count. And then, thirdly, uh, as those whose lives are but a vapor, we need to regularly beseech God for the grace that we need to make every day count. So first, we need to make every day count. Verse 12 makes this point. You notice the word so at the beginning of verse 12. He is summarizing 
uh, and applying what he has just said heretofore in the psalm. Uh, and he says, in light, essentially, in light of what I have said about the brevity of life, about the difficulties of life, about the fact that we still, even as believers, are caught up in the effects of God's wrath on, on, on the world, uh, living under that curse that that wrath brought, um, that in light of this fact, he says, so teach us, so this is his prayer to the Lord, and should likewise be our prayer, teach us to number our days, that we may present to thee a heart of wisdom. We need to make, in other words, every day that God gives us count as much as we can. So why is that? Why do we need to make every day count? Well, there are some biblical uh, uh, things that... uh, Reasons that are found uh, in different passages, and I'll give a few of them here to you now, um, that give different reasons why. First of all, uh, we need to make every day count uh, in this life because we only get one shot at this life. We only get one shot at this life. There's no second or third or fourth chances to live a better life, as the Hindus would have us believe. That's a lie. Uh, It is not true. Uh, There is only one life lived in this world, and we only have one chance at it. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 9, 27 says, says, Inasmuch as it is appointed for man to die once, and after this comes judgment. So a man dies once, and then then he experiences God's judgment. He comes before the judgment throne, as it were. That's it. It's one shot. So that's one reason why we need to make every every day of this life count, because we only get one chance at it. Secondly, we need to do so because uh, what we do in this life has a profound impact on uh, the next life. Um, and I, I think of, uh, there are several places I could go to kind of make this point, but the one I, the one I chose is Matthew chapter uh, 6, a uh, familiar passage for many of us, verses 18 through 21, um, actually uh, 19 through 21. And we read there, Do not, Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart, uh, there will your heart be also. And he is not, of course, talking about physical treasure, physical things, objects. He is talking about uh, living a life for God, living a life that is, uh, uh, that, that fulfills that for which we were created. God has purposed uh, in his creation of men that men should live for his glory and live in service to him. And so we are to strive to do that because, again, we're storing up treasures in heaven by our actions on earth or not doing so, depending on how we live. Um, A third reason why we need to make every day count is so that we don't get to the end of our life and say, I wish I had done things differently. I wish I had expended more of my time and energy on the things that really count 
in eternity rather than uh, climbing the ladder of success only to find it leaning against the wrong wall, as I uh, say sometimes. And somebody else mentioned years ago to me. You don't want to do that. We don't want to get to the end of our life and go, why did I do it this way? How foolish was I to live this way? To, to buy the world's line that this is what it's all about. Uh, a big paycheck and, and prestige and, and, uh, and things and accolades. It's nonsense. It's nonsense in the grand scheme of things. And so we need what we, the way we live has, a, has an impact into eternity. And we need to, that's another reason we, why we need to make a day count. Thirdly, so that we don't, um, or uh, fourthly rather, uh, and this is perhaps the most important reason of all, and that's because God commands us to do this, to make every day count. In addition to the text that we're looking at here uh, in Psalm 90, we also read over in, um, in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time. Notice that, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. We are commanded to do this, to not waste our time, to not live foolishly. We are to make the most of it, because uh, it is a gift life is to us. So th- these are reasons why we are to make every day count. How are we to do that? How are we to do that? Well, a couple of ways that are, again, uh, biblical concepts. First is, we talked about this morning. We talked about this this morning by regularly reminding ourselves of the brevity of life. By regularly grasping uh, God's perspective on our life, which is found, uh, again, in this psalm. We have... Uh, a short life. It goes quickly. And by the way, I'm sure the, the, uh, the more senior amongst us will agree with me that life moves faster and faster the older you get. Right? You all know what I'm talking about. And it, 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 it races, uh, as you get older. And you kids need to hear that because you don't, may not think it's true now, but you'll know what I'm talking about if the Lord gives you length of days. And so, um, we need to understand life is short. So that's one thing which will motivate us to not uh, uh, fritter our time away uh, uh, watching television or playing computer games or whatever, uh, going to Shreveport. Okay, so um, a, third, uh, a second reason, a second rather how, how to uh, make every day count in addition to reminding ourselves of the brevity of life, by living every hour of every day for the glory of God. To make the glory of God our, uh, our goal. Glorif- living a, each day, Lord, to glorify you. Uh, we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, a familiar verse to many of us, whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God of God. Do it all. You know, doing the laundry to the glory of God. Taking out the garbage to the glory of God. Um, 
cleaning up, cleaning up after the dog in the yard to the glory of God. Uh, whatever it might be, it can all be done either to God's glory or not to God's glory. We can grumble about the unpleasantness of some of these things that I've just mentioned. Um, or we can uh, do it with a, uh, with a good spirit, a good attitude, uh, and rejoice that um, you know, we have eyes to, uh, uh, you know, to clean up after the dog. And, and see, for example, uh, that, that we can do this, uh, that God has given us uh, animals for our enjoyment, and, and uh, you know, you get the point. Um, we can do it with a spirit of thankfulness and, uh, and uh, service to God, or we can grumble and we can complain, uh, and we can have a bad attitude. And God doesn't get the glory when we do that. Years ago, I wrote in the front of my Bible, and it's a quote from C.T. Studd, and uh, some of you heard this quote before, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And I did that. I wrote that in my Bible, uh, my old Bible, uh, because I knew, even back then, I was, uh, God gave me the grace to know how easy it is for me to lose sight of what my priorities should be. In my life, I'm easily distracted. Those of you who know me know that's true, uh, and I'm easily led off into things that are are not really the best use of my time, and um, uh, that are self-indulgent uh, entertainments and things like that, uh, or amusements. Uh, perhaps some of you struggle with that as well. So let me ask you, with respect to your time. Are you mindful of how you spend your time in an average week? What percentage of your time, uh, of your average day, is spent engaged in God-honoring thoughts, activities, and speech? Remember, God-honoring activity can be changing a diaper, or cleaning up, uh, dusting, or uh, mowing the lawn. All these things are ways uh, that are God-honoring. But So what percentage of your time is spent in God-honoring thoughts, activities, and speech? And, and what percentage of your time is not? Do the percentages reflect, of uh, those two percentages, do they reflect a concerted effort on your part to store up for yourself treasures in heaven? If you're like me, this is kind of convicting to listen to myself preach, actually. And your answer might be not quite as it should be. Uh, my percentages are a little bit off and don't reflect as concerted an effort as I should have make to store up treasures in heaven. First thing you need to know is that you're not any less loved or accepted by God on account of this sin. It is sin to waste time not to make the most of the opportunity to not uh, um, number our days. Uh, but it is, God doesn't love us any less as his children when we mess up. Um, and secondly, you need to know that there is complete forgiveness for that and every other sin that you as a Christian commit. Um, if you're in Christ, uh, all you need to do is say, Lord, I messed up, I'm sorry. Would you please, for Jesus' sake, forgive me? And it's done. It's done. Before I move on to my next point, I want to leave you with uh, this sobering thought from Horatius uh, Bonar. Scott 
Scotsman, a very godly Scotsman from the 19th century, he said this, none of us is as holy as we could be, but all of us are as holy as we want to be. I think that's pretty telling and um, convicting, personally. All of us is, none of us is as holy as we could be, but all of us are as holy as we want to be. We need to want it to be more and more like Christ and to, to want to make progress and not become satisfied with the status quo. I'm, I'm, I'm a good enough Christian. That should not be our mindset ever. Secondly, um, as those whose lives are but a vapor, not only uh, do we need to make every day count, um, uh, do we not only need to make the Lord our dwelling place and make every day count, but we need to regularly beseech God for grace, the grace that we need to make every day count. You and I are not going to do this successfully We are not going to be better stewards of our time unless God gives us the grace to do it. I get this point from verse 17 of uh, of the psalm. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us. Moses is praying there uh, for favor uh, from the Lord, for grace from the Lord, and is a prayer that they might... um, number their days, that they might make every day count, that he and other believers as well, uh, like him, who, yes, are sinners, living in a sin-cursed world, but forgiven and loved because they're in Christ, um, that we who are new creatures in Christ, but still struggling, might make every day count. Lord, give us your favor, is what Moses is saying here uh, in this uh, last section, uh, verses 13 through the end. Uh, summarized kind of there in verse 17. We should be seeking God's face. So what should we be seeking God's face for specifically to help us in our journey through this life? Well, first he mentions in verse 14, he says, O satisfy us in the morning with thy loving kindness. This is that very uh, pregnant a Hebrew term, uh, which means is a reference to the covenant. It's a reverence. Uh, it's it can be translated covenant loyalty, covenant love, uh, covenant mercies. All those uh, ideas are bound up in that term, and so there's really not one good term to to that just captures it all. But the point is, he's praying that the Lord in the morning would grant his. Uh, his covenant mercies, his covenant love afresh uh, to uh, his covenant people, Moses and those like him who were uh, uh, were believers uh, in days of old. Um, and so we, like like Moses, need to pray for this. Lord, would you please, uh, I, I regularly try to remember to pray, uh, Lord, uh, uh, we thank you that your mercies are new this morning. Uh, and we need to be reminded of that. And we need to pray, Lord, would you please grant us your new mercies this day? Um, uh, and he promises to, but we need to pray for it as well. 
Lord, please uh, grant us covenant mercies, further mercies this day that flow to us from the cross work of Christ. Um, uh, and it's as, and as we pray for that, He will give us grace. He is a gracious God. He's a generous God, uh, indescribably generous, as the fact He gave Himself to us. Uh, we know He wants to bless us. So if we seek Him for that, and all that grace that we need, the strength, the wisdom, uh, the self-discipline, uh, uh, all these uh, things that will help us to number our days and to, uh, and to make every day count, uh, we get through, that flow to us from, through Christ and through the covenant uh, that uh, uh, we are in uh, by virtue of our union with Jesus. Also, uh, we need to pray specifically that God would uh, bless the works of our hands and cause those works to be of lasting value. This is a basically, Lord, bless my calling. Is I think this is a kind of a, a, another way of saying it. Again, in verse 17, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and do confirm for us the work of our hands. Do Yes, confirm the work of of our hands, or give permanence to the work of our hands. That can also be translated that way, um, uh, uh, that word. And so it's a prayer that, Lord, make my work, make what I do profitable. Use it, Lord. Use it for your glory. Uh, Use it to be a blessing to other people. Uh, You know, and even if nobody but you notices, Lord, would you please... Let me do something that honors you. You know, I think of uh, I think of uh, years ago when I was in uh, college. I was a janitor uh, at a uh, at uh, the local in the local school system, and I would uh, and I'm not tooting my own horn here, but um, I was just a young young kid and just making some money. But um, I remember seeing there were there were um, there were older gentlemen that were doing the same thing I was doing, who were older in life and had been through life. And um, it's a pretty thankless job being a janitor, cleaning toilets, uh, cleaning up after kids who have uh, made messes and the like. Um, And um, it's just an ignoble kind of job, as the world would define nobility. But a godly janitor, maybe who nobody else knows what he's doing, God's watching as he does his work well with Clorox and the broom, you know, and, uh, and the wax machine and whatnot. And that is noble work if it's done with the right attitude for God. And we need to remember that. And so we need to pray, Lord, whatever might you've called me to do, if it's to be a janitor or to be a doctor uh, or to be a student or to be a homemaker or whatever it might be, Lord, please confirm the work of my hands as I go through this life. Bless me, would you please, for your glory, would you please do that. Bless me by giving me the wisdom I need to know how to make this day count in my calling. Bless me by giving me the spiritual strength that I need to do this work and to do it well and not shoddily uh, and to do it hardly, as, as Paul says over in Colossians 3, uh, as for you rather than for men, Lord. 
Uh, and, and we need to pray that God would bless us so that our, our brief lives on earth might not be, uh, as I, from that uh, passage that I quoted this morning, 1 Corinthians 15, might not be in vain. Might not be in vain. Lord, I don't want my life to be in vain. Please bless what I do. Right up until the end. Melita is very, very limited, has been for years. Can't do the things that every one of, every, every other one of us practically can do. She can't and hasn't been able to for, I don't know, 40 years. Whatever it's been, 30 years. Um, she can and probably has served God in ways that we haven't. You know? Praying. Joys like that, too. That's service. That's meaningful service. Such lives are not lived in vain. Well, why should we be praying for such things? For strength, for wisdom, for um, stamina to do what we need to do and to do it well. Why do we need these things? We need them. Verse 14 tells us, so that we might sing for joy and be glad all of our days. That's what he says there. Oh, satisfy us in the morning with thy loving kindness. So this is what it brings satisfaction to us. I didn't mention that. We are satisfied by the Lord's provision as he answers our prayer for provision uh, in these covenant mercies. And the, the result is that satisfaction produces joy in our hearts. It produces gladness. And it does so all our days. Not just the days when we are, uh, you know, healthy. Not just the days when we uh, uh, can work out for 45 minutes uh, at the gym. Um, but all the days, right up until the end of our lives, we can be joyful in service to God. And then also, we need to pray for these things, for God's gracious uh, help in, uh, in making our lives count, so that the things that we accomplish in this life, again, might be of lasting, eternal value, even though we ourselves, at least our bodies, are quickly fading away. And verses 16 and 17 makes this point. Let thy work appear to thy servants and thy majesty to thy children. I won't re- bother rereading um, verse 17. But that, again, uh, points to the, that, that what I do might be significant forever because it's done in service to you. And also, as we learn in Matthew from um, the parable that Jesus told, so that we can get to the end and when we see our Savior and our King face to face, he might say to us, well done good and faithful servant. You are faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. That needs to be what we want more than anything in this life. That commendation at the end. God will give you the grace to live a life that will bring that commendation. You just need to look to him for it. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for 
the helpful words from your servant Moses in this psalm that instructs us about how to deal with the the living in a sin-cursed world and being sinners, forgiven sinners, but sinners in a sin-cursed world that is frustrating, that is, at many times, that is difficult, that is brief. Oh, so brief. And yet, um, you have instructed us here. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to take these truths to heart, that you would grant us grace to live the rest of our lives, whether that's um, 80 years or eight years or eight days, that you would allow us to live the rest of our lives um, in a way that honors you and therefore counts. And we thank you that you will give us the grace to do that as we look to you for it. Help us to do that regularly, however much time you give us in this world. And if there's anyone here today, Lord, who doesn't, isn't trusting in Jesus as his or her only hope of being forgiven by you of um, his or her sin, would you please uh, cause such a one to flee into Christ's waiting arms, trusting in him alone? For salvation. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Receive now God's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, both now and forevermore. Amen.